so, so great, so great to be with this morning. That, that song that we were just singing, um, I know this is a big statement, that may be my favorite song, like my favorite Christian hymn of all time. I, there's so many like rich words in it and just amazing thoughts. I don't know if you ever study old hymns or look at old hymns, but that's, that's one of those hymns that every word, it's almost like a line of scripture. I mean, it's just amazing. But I want you to think about the first part of it. Can you put the words of the song back on the screen for just a minute, Byron? I love the first verse, especially. I love the whole thing. But this morning, I was just thinking about that first verse, and I love that line, Come thou fount, come thou fount of every blessing, tune our hearts to sing your praise. I love that just like invitation. I know that's kind of weird old language that maybe you don't think about a lot, but it's literally... The writer of the song, he's like crying out. He's calling God the fountain of every blessing. Ethos, do you know that God's the fountain of every blessing? Just kind of. Yes. yes, yes. Okay, one of you. Do you know that God is the fountain of every blessing? Yes. That, 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 that from God springs everything good. Everything good. He is, he is the source. He is the initiator. He is the, the life giver. He is the strength. And the song that we just sang was literally us saying, hey, come. God, come. You are the fountain of everything good. God, come. You are the source of everything good. And would you come into my life? And would you, Lord, be the, the source? Would you be the stream? Would you be the, the fountain that literally tunes, listen to this, tunes my heart? Tunes my, my heart to, to live as Jesus lives, to love as Jesus loves, to think as Jesus thinks, to walk as Jesus walks. Would, would you come in, fount of every blessing, and would you disrupt all of the lesser living of my life so that I can enjoy, so that I can know you in new ways? That's been the cry of our church's heart over the last seven or eight weeks. It's been this cry for intimacy. It's why we spent the last 30 days in, in prayer and fasting. It's, it's why we got together as a church family in one place for four straight weeks. We're just literally saying, hey, God, you're the source of everything good. Would you come all the way in to this church? And would you come all the way into each of our lives individually? And would you have your way? Would you do what only you can do? That's what we're longing for. Some of you aren't longing for that yet. I know that. But that's the aim. That's the aim of why it is that we, we come into this place. God, would you be the source? Would you be the one that rewires and reworks and reshapes my broken heart? And if you have a broken heart that needs reshaping, man, you're in the right place this morning. Lord, we pray that you, the fountain of every good blessing, would come all the way in this morning. That God, you'd, you'd come into our lives, that you'd come into the, the, the minutia, that you'd come into the unglamorous, that you'd come into the places of brokenness, and that you, the fountain of every good thing, would cleanse, would purify, would reshape, would reform, would resurrect, would move, and that, God, you would tune every fiber of our hearts to declare your worthiness. God, make us worshipers of you in the name and the glory of Jesus and for the good of all people. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Have you ever found yourself in like one of those seasons Maybe you didn't say it with your lips, but like you knew it in your heart, like one of those seasons where you were just way too busy for God. 
I know we're in the South, and so um, we've been trained religiously not to say that out loud. But have you ever been in one of those spaces where you know, like deep within you, like what you need is a fresh encounter with God, but then you look at all of the responsibility, and you look at all of the demands, and you go, this is what I need, and this is what I want, but Lord, there is just no space in the calendar for you. Have you ever been there before? I remember this past fall, like two or three months ago, uh, our whole family had gotten sick. Our oldest son is in public school, so that means every week he comes home with a new bad word and a new disease, and uh, he, he just comes home, and we're trying to deal with it every week. And uh, he, he comes home, and he's sick, and he gets the whole family sick, and kind of throughout the week, I'm just like, I'm the only one that's not sick, and I'm like, man, Lord, thank you for making me so tough. Thank you for giving me this immune system that you've given me, you know, and, and I, I'm just like boasting in my healthiness, you know, not out loud because I want to sleep in the bed, you know, but just, just kind of feeling that pride. And then Thursday rolls around and Thursday comes around and all of a sudden I just feel the disease knocking on the door. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you're not sick yet, but you know, like, you know, like you're almost sick. It's like... I'm not quite sick, but man, everything is going down a hill. I can be in denial, but I know it's coming. I remember sitting at work that day, that Thursday, and I thought, man, I need to go to the doctor. I don't feel good. I, I need some medicine. I, I need them to, to help me get back on my feet. I don't have time to be sick. Have you ever uttered that phrase before? Like, I don't have time to be sick. What's that even mean? Like, time is trying to, like, sickness is trying to schedule an appointment with you. You know, it's like, I don't have time for this, but I didn't have time for it. And so Sydney, my, my, my loving wife, she's like, just go to the doctor. Quit being so stubborn. I'm like, I don't need the doctor. I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to like make my way through this. And as the day goes on, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. I'm feeling worse and worse and worse and worse. So I'm driving home. And I thought, man, I, I, I can't stop at the doctor. Like, I don't feel like stopping the doctor. And so I, I pass a CVS minute clinic. And I thought, perfect. Like, I have a minute and there's a clinic. Like... <laughs> Here, here we go. Like, this is, this is ideal. Like, I'm, I'm going to just swing in there. I'm going to just tell them, hey, here's what I have. Just write me the prescription. The pharmacy's built in. Don't have to go anywhere else. And so I get there by the grace of God. There's, like, nobody in line. I write my name on that little digital list, and she, she brings me in. And I'll never forget sitting there in her little doctor's office, and in, in all of the humility that I knew how to kind of fake and bubble up, I just I tried to begin telling her that I knew what was wrong with me. And I'm like, hey, I'll just, I'll save you the time. I'll pay you the money. Like, here's what's going on in my family. Here's, here's what I feel. This is the prescription my wife has. Can you just write me some of that? And, and, and she was so kind, but I'll never forget, she just looked at me and she said, sir, I'm not trying to be rude, but are you a doctor? <laughs> and I said, not technically. And by technically, not at all. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about the human body. And, uh, and uh, she says, well, I don't mean to be rude, but you just don't have any idea what you need. And she says, oh, this goes one of two ways. You can sit here, and you can let me ask you some questions and diagnose you, and then I can figure out what you need, and I can give that to you, or you can go home without the medicine, but you're not getting the medicine unless you let me do my job. And there's this, this moment where I just got totally burned by her. I'm just like, okay. So I'm, I'm sitting there in this chair, and she begins asking me questions, and I realize that um, I, I was, in fact, getting sick, but I wasn't actually getting sick with what I thought I was getting sick with. 
that I had a disease of my own. <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 I was sick on my own accord, and, and she began to diagnose, and she got me exactly what I needed. And, and, it, and it was this, this moment of revelation where I realized, until I let go of my stranglehold on time, I would never be able to sit long enough to actually listen. And until I could sit long enough to actually listen, I could never receive the help that I actually needed. And until I received the help that I actually needed, I was never going to get any better. And it was like this grand metaphor for my life. <laughs> it's what I find myself in over and over and over. Maybe you found yourself in this place. Maybe you found yourself in this place over the last season as we've tried to slow things down. And this has been my story with God. Have you ever been there with the Lord before? We're like, God, I'm just too busy. <laughs> God, I, I know I need you. I, I know what I want is the fountain of every blessing to come in and just like to purge my life. I know what I want is your presence in my life, but Lord, there's just not enough time. And so I look at the counter and I go, God, I'll give you a few minutes here. I'll give you a few minutes on the car ride. I'll give you a few minutes after the kids go to sleep. Lord, I'll give you a few minutes. And then I rush into those moments like I'm at the minute clinic. And I rush into the presence of God. Hey, God, here's what's going on at work. Here's what's going on in my marriage. Here's what's happening in my heart. Here's everything, Lord. Can you just write the prescription that I know I need and send me on my way? Have you ever been there? If you have, maybe you've discovered what I've discovered with the Lord is that he just doesn't play by those rules. And it's been the grand revelation of many small revelations, but it's been the big revelation that I've experienced over the last 30 days of prayer and fasting. You know, we've said that this season has been about the pursuit of intimacy, of us not just knowing about God, but of us actually knowing God, being friends with God. And the grand revelation that has come up over and over and over from the Lord is he's kept telling me, Dave, your busyness is the great enemy of your intimacy with me. That busyness is the enemy of your intimacy with me. And although you can find me in every nook and cranny of life, unless you give me more time and energy, you will not notice me in every nook and cranny of life. Be still. Dave, be still and know that I'm God. Hey, Ethos, be, be still. Be still and know that he is God. But can we just call it what it is for a minute? Who has time for stillness? Who has time for stillness? But where there is no stillness, there is no intimacy. And where there is no real confrontation of busyness, there is no friendship with God. I love Psalm 46. Just listen to these words. I wish we had time to just dive into every word of this psalm. You need to go back and just study this in your house churches this week. It's amazing. But I love what the psalmist says. He says, God, you're our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in time of trouble. He's speaking to the Lord. He says, God, you're our refuge. You're our stronghold. You're the strength. You're the fortress around us. Verse 1 he says, and because that's true, verse 2, therefore we will not fear, though we know the earth will give way and the mountains will fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. He says, there is a river 
whose streams make glad the city of God. This is what we talked about last week out of Ezekiel 47, about just the the river of God's presence bubbling up in the house of God and pouring out to the nations. He says, there's this river, and the river is God. Verse 5, he says, God is within this city. He is within her, and she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms will fall. And yet God will lift his voice and the earth will melt. Listen to that, just beautiful. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. Did you come in here thinking about that this morning, Ethos? Did you come in going, man, God is here. God's among us. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to get your way all the way through a church service and never even think about that? But that God's here. He's among us. Verse 8. He says, so come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Verse 10, this is where we're going to dig in for a minute this morning. But he says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth because the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Go back to verse 10, Ethos. I want you to say this with me. Be still. Say that again. Be still. Say it again. Be still and know that I am God. And know that I am God. And know that I am God. Listen to this. Notice this. There's this connection that he makes between stillness and intimacy. This this idea of being still, it's not just the description of a physical posture. And so, you know, God is not saying to his people, hey, don't move a muscle. It's not that moment where I'm driving down the highway and my three boys are in the back and they're picking on each other and I say, don't you dare move a finger. Like, God's not saying, hey, just, just be still. God said, hey, there's this, there's this posture of your life. There's this posture of your soul. And although it affects the busyness of your hands, although it affects the way that you're moving and working, what he's saying is, he's saying, hey, ethos, let your hair down. Relax. Breathe. Drop your hands. Don't, don't, don't live so attached to the schedule. Time, time for some honesty for just a moment. How many of you are always 10 minutes late to your next appointment because you were 10 minutes late to the one before it and 10 minutes late? Just raise your hand. I'm going to start by raising my hand. How many of you? Oh, come on. I know there's more of you than that in here. You're not that cool. Have you, have you, have you been there? It's just that go, 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 go. He says, be still. Be still. This is, this is a, a command. It's an imperative. The Lord said, hey, slow down. Slow down. Calm down. And know. And know. The, that word to know there, it's not just referring to intellectual head knowledge. It's literally referring to an experience. You can write this down if you take notes. It's an experience of a new reality. That's what it means to to experience a new reality. He says, be still, be still, and you will come to experience a new reality, listen, of God's godness. 
He says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm in charge. Be still and know that I'm your fortress. Be still and know that I'm good. Be still and know that my character is better than you could ever imagine. Where there is no stillness, there is no intimacy. And where there is no intimacy, all there is is hollow religion. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. This is what you see in the life of Moses. Remember Exodus 34? God tells Moses to come up on the mountain. He says, come up. He says, I want to spend some time with you. And Moses spends 40 days in the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm just going to tell you a bias that I have about the scriptures that some of you may not have because you may not be as wicked as me, okay? But have you ever noticed that sometimes when you read the scriptures, it's like, well, that's, that was then. You know, but Moses didn't have the responsibility that I have. It's like we just picture Moses' life, and what do you picture? Uh, you picture like a robe and a staff and some sheep in a desert, and you're like, he's just chilling. What else is he going to do for 40 days? Have you ever thought that before? Or that moment when the disciples like leave the boat and they get out of the boat to go be with Jesus, and it's like, well, what else were they going to do? They were living in the Bible. I mean, <laughs> that's our bias, isn't it? Do you realize Moses was leading three million angry people? That was his job. That dude had no space in the calendar. And yet he knew. And yet he knew. Think about Jesus. He came to earth and his... Power was unlimited. His love was unlimited. Fully God, living in the skin of a human being. Unlimited, except for his time. His time was very limited. And Jesus knew that he just had three short years to give the earth a clear picture of how great God is. And over and over and over, what is he doing despite the lack of time? He's getting away. He's stilling his heart to be in the presence of the Lord. That's what he did with his disciples. Think about two of his friends, Mary and Martha, Luke chapter 10. Remember that story? Jesus shows up at their house. I don't know if you ever tried to cook dinner for God of the universe. That had to be pretty daunting, and Martha was feeling the crunch. They're there in Luke chapter 10, and she's like, all right, the God of the universe is in our house. We've got to clean this place. We've got to make some food. And do you remember what Mary was doing in Luke chapter 10? She wasn't helping with any of the chores. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha comes in and she's like, hey, Lord, um, could you get my sister? <laughs> could you get my sister to do what needs to be done? We're trying to cook dinner for God. <laughs> it's a paraphrase. And what does Jesus say? He says, of all the things she could have been doing, she has chosen the better thing. Where there's no stillness. There's no intimacy. And where there's no intimacy, there's only hollow religion. But have you ever noticed how tough it is to find the stillness? See, these past 30 days, you know, they ended on Tuesday this past week. This season of prayer and fasting, whether it went well for you or not, the, the whole season was about us literally as a church slowing things down so we could experience the stillness 
And not just for the sake of stillness, but for the sake of intimacy. We went, let's, let's slow things down. Let's make some space in our life. Let's allow the Lord to hit the reset button on our hearts so God doesn't just get our leftovers, but he gets the prime real estate of our heart and of our time and of our attention. And did you notice how difficult that was to do? Did you notice how tough it was just to give the Lord a month? What about to give him our life? And I'm convinced that the intimacy that we were made for is only found when a community of people is willing to say, okay, God, we're going to do whatever it takes to press in to the stillness so that we can know you. And this, this morning, I, I want to give us some space in that stillness, like right here went with the Lord. I want to invite you on your seat is a piece of paper, a white piece of paper, and get it out. And I want to invite you to, to fold this piece of paper in half. For those of you that are type A, it doesn't matter horizontal or vertical. Fold it however you want. The Lord still loves you. The music's coming on to make us feel more spiritual. There should have been a pen in your seat as well. I want to invite you to get that out. And on, on the top of one side of the paper, I just want you to write down the word barriers. Barriers. If you don't know how to spell it, it's okay. You can just write a B, okay? Just write down barriers. And as you reflect back on this last month with the Lord of 30 days of prayer and fasting, some of you are new here and you're just joining us today so you can reflect back on just your life in general. I want you to take a few minutes and I want you to write down any of the things in your life that have, have served as active barriers to stillness before the Lord, okay? What are the things that have served as barriers to stillness, you know, maybe it's your addiction to your phone, maybe it's your schedule with your kids, maybe it's your work, maybe it's your friend. I mean, it could be a thousand different things, but I want to give you a few minutes to right now literally just reflect and to say, God, what are the things that have been barriers for stillness? And just write those down right now. I'll give you a few minutes to do that.
want to invite you to flip the piece of paper over. And on the top of the other side of the paper, to write the word blessing. To write the word blessing. And I want you to take just a couple of minutes to reflect back on a moment or maybe a couple of moments over the last month or over this last season where you have personally experienced the fount of every blessing, the presence of God, the blessing of God's presence when you chose to be still. So I want you to just reflect back uh, on a moment or moments and literally just kind of list them out. Man, when I, when I slowed down, when I was with the Lord here or here, this is what I began to experience. And so I want to give you just a few minutes to, to reflect on the blessing of experiencing God Give you a few minutes to do that. One of the things we love to do as a church family here is to, to share what God is doing in our lives communally. And bef- before we do this, I just want to just kind of give some of you the permission. Some of you are new here and you don't know anybody around you and you, you're thinking, I don't want to share with anyone. That's totally okay. Um, some of you are here and you just need some time to reflect personally and you don't need to share with anybody around you and that's okay. And so here in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to kind of share in community, and if that's not where you're at this morning, I just want to just empower you to say to the person next to you, hey, I just need some time alone um, with the Lord, and that is completely okay, all right, so there's zero pressure, but I I want to invite you just with someone in front of you or beside you or behind you, someone around you, I want to give you just a few minutes right now out loud to just share maybe a a place uh, where you felt barrier, where you felt resistance, to stillness in this last season, or to maybe express a place where you experience the blessing of God's presence in your life. But I want to just give you some time right now. You can turn to someone next to you or someone behind you, and let's spend some time sharing and uh, praying. And so take some time to share and let the other person share, and then let's spend some time praying together um, that God would help still our lives so that we can know Him more fully. Make sense? So let's spend some time sharing together and, uh, and praying, and then I'll, I'll call us back in to time of worship here in just a minute.
I want to invite you to stand with me. You stand and um, we're going to continue our time of sharing over communion. And I want to pray over us as we get ready to go to the table, as we get ready to take the bread and to take the cup. And you can come back to your seats and continue sharing. Uh, the band's going to come up and lead us in worship. But if you feel comfortable, I want to invite you to just grab the hand of the person next to you. Uh, a lot of times when we pray here at Ethos, uh, we grab hands. I know it's a little uncomfortable and awkward. But we, we do this as just a reminder that, man, we're in this together. We're, we're in this journey uh, towards the heart of God together. And we're not on um, this path alone. So let me pray over us. Father, uh, we, we love you and... We pray that you would come all the way into our lives in, in ways that we can recognize and understand and respond to. Just the, the words of the song that we sang just a few moments ago, that you being the source and the fountain of every good thing in our life, that you would come and that you would tune our hearts, Lord, to, to sing your praise in every facet of who we are. Lord, I, I pray that as a church you help us to slow things down and, and, and to pay attention and to, to recognize where you're at work. This morning as we break bread and as we uh, take the cup and as we share our stories and as we pray, Lord, would you just continue uh, to come down and to reveal uh, to us uh, just your character and your love and just how amazing you are so that we can know you more fully. Lord, thank you for this family that we get to be a part of together. And uh, Lord, for anybody that feels like an outsider this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you just allow them to feel how loved they are by you and by us? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.